What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. Hey, what's up, guys? I am here with registered dietitian Jenny Dore. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Okay, awesome. Uh, she is a local uh, registered dietitian. She's been in the game for a while, but she started her own business three years ago. And we'll get kind of get into, uh, you know, how to connect with her and look up your stuff at, at towards the tail end of it. But it's awesome to have you here. Yeah, Adam, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. So we actually connected through a mutual acquaintance, acquaintance, a, a former guest on the podcast as well, uh, Amelia who works at Orange Theory, uh, who's, a, who's a great girl, super strong, super fit. Uh, and Jenny has, has worked with her as you were her nutrition coach, which just goes to show people listening to this that even coaches need coaches too. You know, we all need an accountability. So um, Jenny, uh, like I said, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on. I know you're busy, so taking time of your day to do this is awesome. So can you just give us a little bit of a background on you? Just kind of, just pretend you're talking to people who have never met you before and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm Jenny. I am a registered dietitian and I'm an integrative nutrition therapist, which sounds like a really long, fancy word, but it's really evolved into what I feel like I truly am doing with people because nutrition is so layered. It's mm -hmm. integrative means holistic, right? It means looking at all of the aspects of your life that play a role in how you feel and the choices you make every day. So while nutrition is a huge piece of that, there's so many aspects related to why we choose what we eat and what we're eating and why and how and all these other variables. So we're really diving into all those aspects of eating, but also sleep and hydration and what movement patterns look like for you, your relationship with foods and really working through old belief systems that you have that are limiting you from being successful in all aspects of your life. And that's that's yeah. amazing that you, the, the stuff that you talked about is, is very, you know, in line with, with kind of what I talk about with clients is that, you know, it's not just, you know, obviously we need to know how many calories we're eating. We need to know all that stuff, but it's not just about that. It's why are you making choices that you're making? What in the past has been a hurdle for you that keeps popping up that causes you to fall off track or not prioritize yourself. And one thing that you, one word that you use that I do want to go back and like, really hone in on is that I think sometimes the average person, they look at things black and white as there's mm -hmm. medical and then there's holistic. And I don't know if you watched, do you ever watch Seinfeld? I watched it a while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's an episode, like one of the first seasons where uh, George thinks he's having a heart attack and Kramer tells him to go to his holistic friend doctor. And it's like some kook in his apartment, some hippie guy who gives him like this tea that, you know, makes him even sicker. Right. So I think people tend to still have that antiquated view of what holistic means. Whereas for me and for you, we know that holistic doesn't mean like hippy dippy or crunchy. It just means taking a look at the entire picture, like the whole picture, no pun intended, and not just looking at symptoms. Absolutely. Very well said. Yeah. It's a bird's eye view, big, big picture versus just looking at one narrow lens of the situation. And exactly what you said, it's very much black or white, all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's what the lens I work to break and allow people to see that we can find this middle, beautiful middle ground is really the goal in all aspects of your health. That, yeah. And that's a great way to put it. And that's, that's the kind of similar term that I use all the time. There's this amazing gray area that you can live yeah. in and feel awesome and look your best and just have a good relationship with yourself and with food. 
it doesn't have to be strict diet or just off the rails behavior, which is you know, it's, it's usually what people do. So how long have you been a dietitian for? I know I, I think when we were talking before we started recording, I, I like doubled your time frame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I've, um, well, it's interesting because I graduated from school to be a dietitian, but I actually didn't get my licensure and certification to be a dietitian for three years after that. that so, yeah, um, I actually did not pass my exam three times. And that just goes to show, I think, the mm -hmm. difference between doing something on paper and who you are really as a person, too, because oh, yeah. I believe that I am very good at what I do. And it has nothing to do with the schooling aspect of things, mm -hmm. you know, and the difference I think is that I just decided that this is what I was meant to do and help people. And the path that I got there was maybe a little bit different, but I knew that this is, I just decided this is what I needed to do. And I made it happen in maybe a different way. I think, yeah. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, standardized approaches, just create, you know, boundaries that don't necessarily need to be there. And it creates kind of this one way type of thinking. And I, I believe, and maybe this is just me living in my own bubble and being biased, but I believe that as we've evolved, in, you know, into the 2020s, I think people are starting to see like, oh, it does, it's not just, things don't have to be just a certain way. Like, it's not just working a nine to five. It's not just going to a doctor and whatever they say is written in stone. There's a lot of other options out there, which you know, give me your opinion on this, I feel brings up, you know, positives and negatives. There's a lot of people who try to capitalize on that openness by putting out misinformation and, and you know, false promises. And then, but then there's other, also other situations like people like us who don't work through the medical field, who have a lot of tools and a lot of resources to give people actually like 10x the amount of attention and care that they need. But it's, Sometimes if you're just not wearing a white coat, people don't take you as seriously right away. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think one, it's because we are sold quick and easy. We're sold comfort. We're sold not wanting to do things maybe outside our comfort zone or doing things differently or doing the work, mm -hmm. which is changing your behaviors. That is the hard part. Absolutely. And it's showing up for yourself and it's creating self-awareness which mm -hmm. if you know, and most people know the behaviors that are not serving them, but it's actually making the changes and creating different habits in your life. That's the work. Anybody can take, you know, just tell me exactly what to do. Give me the pill. Give me the one food I need to eat or, you know, X, Y, Z, this, what, what I need to drink, the shake I need to drink. But, you know, that's not really the work. It's a temporary solution. It's a bandaid. It's not mm -hmm. really addressing the deeper cause, which is th the work. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with that. And it's when we're saying the work, it's just digging into those emotional barriers that you put up, those social relationships that you have. What is your work life like? What is your schedule like? It's not always like it can be along the way, but it's not always this like deep inner discovery. It's honestly just taking an, an objective look at your life and what behaviors are serving me and which ones are, you know, hurting me and just making the small changes to get you from not hurting yourself all of the time to actually helping yourself and serving yourself in, in a way that like you would someone you care about. And I, I, I feel like now people are more open to that, but uh, it's the, I'm sure, and we can talk about this too, is when you're going through the traditional, uh, you know, medical field, 
you have this thing called insurance that can make things very, very accessible to you. And sometimes people like us are not as readily accessible because we're sole proprietors. We don't have millions and millions of dollars backing us. Like we may have to charge a little bit more, which for, again, this is kind of the business side of things. I, I know this, I'm assuming this is how you uh, structure your business as well Is for me, the people can, who can afford to work with a one-on-one -on -one coach, they provide the income and then we invest that extra time we have into putting out as much free, useful content for maybe people who don't, aren't ready or able to work with us. And that's kind of the, the life cycle of most of social media for good quality coaches is putting out a lot of free stuff, but being able to do that because we do have paying clients, you know, but to be transparent, obviously people pay us to work with us. Um, in the medical field, it's the opposite. It's like, you pay, but don't ask any fucking questions. <laughs> Take this pill, show up to your appointment. I'll see you in six months sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, so I transitioning from that for you, um, we were talking before we started recording, that is uh, an Adam version of maybe why you started your own business uh, by seeing those limitations. So kind of uh, not to interrupt you, your timeline, but you know, you passed your test and then you were working in the field. And then what led to you, you know, starting your own business or, or maybe even just going to a little bit of like what that field work was like. Yeah. People needed so much more than what insurance was able to provide was a huge piece of that because I had, you know, experience working in the outpatient setting insurance, good insurance maybe covers a session once a month with a dietitian through the year. And that to me is pennies in really helping someone fully where I am able to give someone so much more personalized support and really get to know them as a person, their life, what they value, what their schedule is, what their preferences are. And I call it really doing life together because they're not just another client or another number or another person that is in my schedule for the day. I really value building a relationship with each person. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you were meeting, when you were working kind of in the field, even if you had someone, let's say once a month, we're talking like maybe a 15 to 30 minute talk where you could provide them with, you know, some materials that they could then use. Did you have a lot of oversight into like what those materials were? Like, did you have to hand out certain materials where you kind of, guided on what you were like supposed to tell the patient about or was it were you really independent yeah oh definitely it was much more prescriptive of like these are resources these are options if someone has xy medical diagnosis this is the nutrition plan that or support that they're getting absolutely it was very prescriptive and that was another reason I was like, people need way more than this. There is no cultural preferences or life circumstances involved with this or application or follow through and insurance covers. Yes. Medical diagnoses, but honestly, so many more people don't have these diagnoses yet. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things we can do per to prevent them from happening and not having to pay all these medical bills. Diabetes is so expensive to manage. Yeah. Them medication. So if you can look at this investment in your health as something that you get to do versus something that you have to do, you are showing up a very differently when someone invests in themselves. I can tell you that they're getting better results and they're showing up very differently because insurance isn't paying for it. That's a hundred percent true. I totally agree with that. And that's a conversation that I have with clients who 
maybe are hesitant at first to take that plunge. First, it's really just digging into, you know, well, mainly the reason you're hesitant is probably because you're not sure that you can do this. And we, we have that discussion. But once you have even five dollars, if it was five dollars on the line, your studies have shown you're that much more invested in, in the results. Now, when you're fully invested as a client, not only are you like in the game and ready to go, but you now are have someone like a coach who is 10x more invested in your results because you're paying Jenny or you're paying Adam. You're not paying the hospital or the health or the medical insurance company that really doesn't know anything about you. So you can, you know, for kind of just skate through and take the resources and try to apply them on your own and just go on for the, you know, the rest of your years in that what I call like that patient mentality. You know, just I'm sick and I need these pills or this doctor to constantly help me as opposed to taking ownership of your life and really taking control of it. Very well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I knew that we would vibe. I knew that we'd be on the same page. <laughs> so uh, when you was, did you have like kind of a aha moment or like anything kind of impactful that you experienced while you were working in the field that kind of led for you to take that leap? Because going off on your own, when you're, were you working in a hospital? I was working, I was a clinical nutrition manager in a rehab subacute facility. So short-term rehab people coming out of the hospital and recovering, say someone had a stroke and they have swallowing issues, mm -hmm. having, so there's physical therapy, speech therapy, different rehab facility options there in addition to nutrition support and they're recovering there while they're getting therapy. And they also had a long-term care facility. So I was also working in geriatric nutrition, end of life, very different than what I'm doing now, but also very great perspective of really oh, what yeah. matters in life. So it was a wonderful experience. I want to, um, I actually want to come back and talk about that. Yeah. That's, that's something I really enjoy talking about. Um, but I, but in that specific situation where you're working a job, where you have a salary, you have benefits, it's kind of a similar, you know, it's a good analogy for you had this path laid out. You could probably look at the next 20 years of your life and have a pretty good guess of what it would have been like financially, career-wise, you know, and it's predictable, it's structured, right? And we know, me and you, that doing this on your own is not running your own business and coaching humans is not structured. It is messy. And there's a lot that you have to take on. So in my opinion, there had to have been some sort of big why as to why you would take that leap. The same reason why there's got to be a big why for a person to go, all right, I'm not going to just go through insurance. I'm going to actually invest in myself and work with a coach. So what was your, did you have like a big impactful moment or a big why as to why you made the switch? Yeah, this is twofold. So this is something definitely more personal. So while I was, you know, working as a dietitian and I was burning myself out, quite honestly, I was actually teaching hot yoga after this at night, I was commuting to work both ways, 40 minutes without traffic. Usually there's traffic driving to Troy, as you know, going on who's extreme, it's nuts. And then I would go drive it and I would get home so late. And I was, you know, just constantly, constantly going. And what I found myself looking back now in perspective, I found myself controlling food and exercise because everything else in my life fell out of control. That's so, really good. Yeah, that's very relatable, I'm sure, for most people. Yeah. 
which is interesting. And I mean, I am a dietitian, like I know the things, but I was know them so well that it became now that I know this from a psychological standpoint, something that I was over exercising, under eating unintentionally, I think too, I don't think I was like consciously doing it to, you know, lose weight or to change my body. It was just something that I felt like I could control. And also take into account time, stress, like traveling, commuting to work, working two jobs. Like I know for me, when I, a year into my business, we were planning our wedding and we bought a house. And I look back on that time and I was like, same situation, not eating enough, over-exercising, just trying to manage that part of my life was very hectic. So I think it's very, you know, very impactful to hear that from two coaches. Like, hey, listen, we know like life gets stressful and it's hard to take, you know, hold that stuff. So, you know, they don't want to interrupt you. So you were kind of going through that under eating, not really, you know, you know showing up for yourself uh, the way you should. And then how did that transition to your own business? Yeah. So I think I just was at a really hard point. I was 20 pounds less than I am now, you know, and not even from a weight standpoint, but it's like, it was just, and I didn't even realize when you're in it, it's just like, you're, you're in it and you don't think anything's wrong, but I knew that I was meant for bigger things. Like I really knew I was meant to make an impact and I was meant to show up and share what is possible with people in their lives. But I knew that I needed to change my circumstances in order to be able to do that. So I, we completely change our life circumstances to be able to slow down. And I also wanted to help people. So it was definitely twofold that, you know, like I was talking with you earlier about, we built this beautiful new house. So we had this new house, we had great jobs. We had done the things, right. I had my Mm -hmm. master's degree We were I was married, like I'd done all the things that the world told me to do to be successful, but I was the most unhealthy I I have ever been. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that too, because, you know, during the time that I was referencing for myself, I was also like about 15, 20 pounds less than I am now, which is a huge like light bulb for people that weighing less doesn't necessarily mean that things are going well. So like, and, and you can't see us right now if you're listening to this, but Jenny's in great shape. I like to think I'm in pretty good shape. Like we're not overweight people. So 20 pounds less than we are now, we knew as professionals, like we weren't in a good health space. I know for me personally, I was like cold all the time and I'm not someone who usually gets super cold. I wasn't sleeping well. You could just, I could look at pictures of myself back then too. And just like not as much color in my face, just kind of sunken in a little bit. And it was stress, lack of sleep, and then not eating enough you know, not eating enough and over-exercising. So that, that type of stuff can have a really huge impact on you. So when you, uh, when you started your own business, obviously that comes with its own level of stress. I guess, what did you do differently to, um, was it just that change that made it easier to prioritize your health? Or did you implement certain principles to go, okay, these are the changes I'm going to make to be healthier? Yeah, I think it was, it took years, right? This took years of progression to get there. And this is what we talked about. Also, it didn't happen in four weeks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You mean to tell me you didn't change your entire health and body in four weeks? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, this has been probably probably three or four years, you know, looking back big picture of really changing my whole lifestyle and Mm -hmm. where we are, um, So in order to start my business, we just, 
I, I was working and then I slowly was able to stop working. And, you know, my husband and I are very back and forth and supporting each other. So at one point, like I was in school, he was working, really supporting me. And then, you know, he lost a job. I was supporting. It was just very much always supporting each other. Being so we're both growing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Ways. And we both have a vision together, a greater goal. And it's like, okay, I need to take this. You need to take this. Let's tether back and forth so we can grow together. Yeah. And, you know, we were able to slow down. My, my parents are local, so it was wonderful to have that support of them nearby. His parents are local, so we definitely utilized our family. And again, it's just going back to that's how the way things used to be. You know, it's mm -hmm. not everybody's different and what that means to them. And, you know, we were able to have that support. Initially, we rented our house. Um, we ended up selling our house and we ended up buying a smaller house that was very old and needed to be renovated and just completely did things over. So we spent a lot of time renovating this house and it's been a year since we bought it and it's completely different. So my husband really worked to do that while he was working. I was starting my business. So it just kind of really evolved in I don't think I had a plan per se of like, this is exactly the course I'm going to take. It was a lot of just back and forth. And again, let's make this happen and may look different than it did. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I, I, I think that's very powerful to hear for most people, because I'm sure you see this with, with clients that you work with, and this is not never coming from a place of judgment. It's just, you know, no one really, I think, takes the time to look inward and go, what exactly do I value and I'm sure you've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. There's been times in my life where I've gotten in deep enough where I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, am I doing something that even like I'm being fulfilled by? Am I chasing something that I even want? And we see that. And I know for me, as it is with you, something that I'm always paying attention to is my health, my fitness, how I look, how I perform, things like that. And for most people, what I find is they are probably in a happy marriage and they have good kids and they have a decent job and a good income and a nice house and a nice car and they have all these things but their area of that lacks focus is they're not paying any attention to how it's affecting them stress-wise health-wise mentally emotionally so you'll get someone and I'm sure you've had this happen and as I've had this happen who is hesitant to invest in themselves and change their health and change their body and change their their future practically add years to their lives. And then two months later, you see they're driving like a new Lexus and they're paying $600 a month on this car loan. So it's just an interesting perspective to hear a cool, refreshing perspective to hear that, you know, to, to focus on these other things and not just being in that rat race all the time. Yeah. Now that you're seeing that, that's exactly what it was. Adam is just really taking a clear look at what I valued in my life and saying yes to more things. Like, do I genuinely find joy in this? Do I feel like this is making an impact in my life? And if it's not, it's a no. Yeah. And so uh, to kind of circle back to what we were talking about before, did, did any of those uh, conversations in like the end of life uh, part of the rehab impact those decisions? Absolutely. It's such perspective, right? When you're talking with people in end of life and you're watching people on tube feeds, right? And that's what's supporting them at that point. And the family dynamic is very interesting too, at that point of, it's just, it's interesting that 
people have this connection around food, right? And when mm-hmm. someone is no longer able to eat, their body actually starts to reject food. You know, as you start to age and decline, you just don't need as much of that. And so it's a whole different perspective on this is the only way I've been able to connect with a parent or a sibling. And now that they're not able to have this food, it feels like I did something wrong or a lot of times. Yeah. It's, it's very, very interesting. Or they'll blame me like, oh my gosh, they're not eating. What's wrong with them? What, you know, like, what, what, what do we do? And it's like your, their body, your body is very smart. It's very, yeah. very smart. And so, um, yeah, I think it was all different aspects that were interesting and, and it's great. Cause I got to do classes with the residents that lived there too. nutrition classes. I would just make things. And I felt like I was honestly like part of the highlight of their day, which was just yeah. the best. That's awesome. So did you have any, not to dig too deep, but anything you're comfortable sharing, did you have any moments or maybe specific conversations or even just quotes that you experienced from that, you know, from that facility where you were like, wow, that changed my perspective on something, even something small. Like I know for me, one thing I recently read, it was just, uh, you know, a, a study of who you spend the most time with in your life over the course of your life. And it was just kind of digging into how, you know, the type of partner you choose is super important, the type of friends you have, how to, I have a two-year-old son and it was saying how after the age of, you know, uh, eight, maybe it's 18 or after the age of 30, you as the parent just spends incrementally less time with your kids. So to really appreciate it while you have that, that moment. So did you have any conversations with those, with those older patients that really stuck out? Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is huge about your connections with humans in general and just having that support because it's you know you see people that have no family visit them yeah at that point and it's really sad and so the people there are wonderful and supportive but that's their again that's their company it's um so not having the family support is is really hard at that point uh, or maybe you've disconnected from people from your life or whatever and then really just doing what you love you know everybody looks back and when you have conversations with people it's about the moments Mm-hmm. yeah no one's about- sitting there like I made this much money and I, I you know I drove this car exactly exactly I have this car I had this much money I not none of it none of that stuff matters in the end that's really interesting it's refreshing to, to hear that it's just um I, I speaking of of family and just social dynamic I think that's a huge aspect of how people they have trouble finding that balance sometimes of because they are, they do want to spend time with these people that they do care about and they love and they enjoy spending time with. But maybe those habits, those family habits, those family traditions, the way that your family lives doesn't align with the, the lifestyle you see for yourself. And sometimes I think, and I think the fitness space is guilty of this too, is projecting that if someone doesn't live a healthy lifestyle, that it's a, uh, an, um, a display of their character. Like just because you're not living a healthy lifestyle or you're overweight or you have health markers, it has nothing to do with who you are as a human being. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're lazy or anything like that. So it's, you can have healthy relationships with people who don't have the same habits as you. But what I find for clients and people that I've worked with is that at first they don't have the confidence or the self-belief to ever stand out from the crowd and be like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, have a whole bottle of wine tonight. I'm not going to overindulge in this food. So I guess when you're working with clients, A, do you see that frequently? And B, what are some tips you would give uh, the average person to kind of manage that social dynamic? 
Yeah. I love what you said where that's a huge piece of it, of being confident in what your vision for yourself is, regardless of other people's expectations or what they project onto you, because it's usually their own projections of their own limitations or belief of limitations that they have that they project onto you to stay comfortable in the same. Um, and family's tricky, right? Because it's, it's something that you're, you don't always choose and mm -hmm. it's something that is still part of your life. And it's hard. I like to look at editing relationships versus saying, I have to completely dismiss this or not talk to them or avoid them or how moderation. Yeah. <laughs> Edit this relationship in a yeah. way that feels supportive having, like you said, better boundaries, but also just looking at it as a form of respect for yourself. You're respecting your body and you're making choices in alignment with that. And it can go on both ends of the spectrum where just because someone is choosing to prepare their lunch the night before or get up early and work out because that's what their schedule is conducive to is not just because they're losing weight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I know for me personally, how I look or the weight on the scale has very little to do with the reasons why I prioritize working out and prioritize my nutrition. I like to say that that stuff is just a side effect. It's a bonus. Um, you know, it's like if you work a job you love, the bonus is you may in the end make more money or at least have more fulfillment from that job. But you don't go into it like, oh, I'm going to be like, I didn't go into being a nutrition coach thinking like, oh, I'm going to be like super rich and like, have you know what I mean? It's just not the business you get into if you want to do that. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's an interesting way of looking at it. Some people think we can read Instagram memes sort of like, oh, you got to eliminate the toxic people out of your life. Well, it's not that easy for a lot of people, you know, like you said, you, you have, you know, your family has been there for you. You've been there for your husband. He's been there for you. Um, it just because you are interacting, like not all those people maybe have the same beliefs as you. Oh. We can, we, yeah, exactly. And we can go into oh. a whole, whole other conversation yeah. on that besides just fitness and nutrition. But I know me personally, uh, in my immediate family, like my brothers and my, my parents, my behaviors and daily lifestyle is very different from how they choose to live, live their life. I don't judge them for it and they don't judge me for it, but it's different. And I've had to set boundaries, maybe not like I'm setting this boundary right now, but just through behavior, through action, you set certain boundaries because you're like, I do need to prioritize my sleep. I do need to prioritize not being around like something like secondhand smoke or you know, not wanting to eat certain types of foods. So yeah, I guess the moderation thing or the editing relationship is very, very powerful to, to hear. Is there any specific, um, and this also relates just with the holidays coming up, people see more family. When you're working with clients through this portion of the year, what are some tactics or strategies you uh, give to them to help them kind of make it through this portion of the year without feeling like they completely like let themselves go? Yeah. So just to go back to what you said, I think thinking through this as you're talking, it's really about having a mutual respect for each other and also open communication. So saying, how can I help you to best support you? And also what, you know, what, this is what I need to best support myself right now. And I think that's, um, you know, we have a two-year-old niece. My sister was here this weekend. There was six of us that we stayed in this like one bedroom, two bedroom little condo in, and, you know, not everybody goes to bed at the same time. And it's just about saying like, Hey, this is what I need to do. How can we make this work together? Yeah, absolutely. Staff, he gets home at, I don't even know what time, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Like he goes to bed so late. I go yeah. to bed at nine o'clock. 
but he does, you know, it's, this is just like what I need to do. I also wake up at five 30 and he wakes up at nine, like, you know, and we just respect each other's schedules. His energy works better, different than mine and different times of the day. And it's just about, okay, great. Like how can we meet in the middle here and support each other? So we both feel our best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so going into this, like this sort of season of the year, is there any specific, um, like, let's say someone, a client of yours is like, hey, Jenny, like, I, I've been doing really good lately. And I'm sure you hear this a lot is I'm nervous, because I have Thanksgiving, Christmas, a work party, blah, 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 coming up. What are some like tactical things that maybe you you advise them to do? It could be dietary or, or communication or anything like that. Yeah. So I like to look at things as the average of the week not just the one meal, the one moment, the one piece. So even if someone, I just had this conversation with someone, she had three luncheons in the same mm -hmm. week of work, you know, all different holiday ones. So we really dove deeper versus just saying, I have three luncheons this week. The whole week is just going to be crazy. And I'm not going to yeah. thing. Well, okay, let's talk through this. So we have three luncheons. One of them you're ordering the food for, and you actually feel like there are better options. The other two, you're not really sure about, but there's also two other meals that you're having during the day. And another piece for her is that she usually does her workouts at noon. So that's going to interfere with the times that she does her workouts, but there's so many other days in the week that we can look at. So what we decided is Monday and Friday, she's doing her normal noon workouts. Those other days, she's really going to capitalize on her weekends. She's going to be a little more mindful of her choices where you know her weekends were a little more flexible before. And then we're looking at, again, these other three days of the week, Breakfast is going to be solid of what she normally has. She still goes on walks, you know, with her dog. So she's still moving. It's not like she's sedentary. And then her dinner, she's going to plan those, you know, more um, planned into her day and just work around it. That, yeah, that's amazing. And I, what I've found just through interacting with coaches and reading and listening, because we're always like, you know, learning more as coaches, we're always trying to learn more about this stuff, is that all of the best coaches say the same shit. It's just maybe delivered a little differently to their specific client because literally that conversation I've had a hundred different versions of, you've had a hundred different versions of, and it's just planning. It's just looking at your week ahead. And I just, I just sent something out to my private Facebook group, just kind of giving them, you know, let's ship this down to three things you can focus on over the next two months. And the first one was pick your top three. So over the next two months, what are the top three events that you like, where do you rate the top three events? And those are the days where you're going to be able to be lenient and not worry about any of this stuff. So for most people, that's going to be like, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, right? Now, outside of that, let's implement some other strategies. And then we went through two other things. So it's really just picking your spots. If you have, uh, you know, three social events this week, not every one of them is a special occasion. Like, your husband's sister's best friend's boyfriend's daughter's birthday party is probably not the place where you need to let loose and just enjoy the moment. You're probably just showing up just to, you know, show your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a great point with looking at the experience as a whole, and even to bring this a step further with the actual food. So when you go to like your example of maybe this like kid's birthday party or someone that it's like, okay, I'm there to be there and support it. And there's this sheet pancake that's stale that's been sitting out all day versus if you were at, 
you know, a nice dinner with your family and your grandmother makes this cake that you absolutely love, you're really going to savor that cake at that moment in that experience completely differently than just shoving this old stale sheet pan cake because it's there in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like what a different experience with the same food. Oh, that's so, I mean, that's, that's great. The way you put it, the way you articulated that, because that's so important to talk to people about because people strictly look at is the black and white. I can eat cake or I can. And then their immediate objection is they convince themselves they can eat cake. And then they tell themselves, I don't want to be deprived. So then that's a reason for them to not try to work on their nutrition. But when you articulate it like that and you understand the, the example that I've used, a similar example is you're not depriving yourself by not eating the stale Cheetos in the back of your pantry. Like that's not deprivation. Deprivation is actually when you go to the family dinner and your grandma makes that cake that you've loved since you were a kid and you don't know how many Christmases you have with your grandmother left and you say, no, I'm on a diet. That's deprivation. But passing on the stale sheet cake that someone got from Hanford for a two-year-old's birthday party, that's not depriving yourself. That's just being mindful and and making a, a good choice in the moment. Yes, exactly. And that's really what I emphasize with people on the occasions versus even just the whole day being like a wash. It's Mm -hmm. asking them, what do you really value from this holiday event? Because there's appetizers. Like what are the main categories of things? There's so many things we can indulge in. Appetizers, entrees, alcohol, and desserts, right? Those are Mm -hmm. the main categories. What do you value from those? And usually people value certain parts of that. Some people just really don't enjoy drinking. So, but they love having that dessert. Some people don't really love dessert, but they really love the wine that they're going to have there at that moment. Sometimes it also depends what the entree is. Maybe if it's Italian food, that's really what you love. Or maybe you don't, you know, is it Mexican that you really love to have the entree and focus on, you know, so it's so situational of what is the actual food? What is the experience? What are the options? What do you value? And how can you just build around that? Oh yeah. That's like I said, like we say the same, we're all saying the same shit. It's just the people don't want to hear it. They want to be in that all or nothing mindset because it gives them a reason to not pursue. But I think that goes back to our earlier conversations. Like, what do you value? And you can ship it down to as deep as like, what do I want out of my life? Or as simple as what type of food do I enjoy most to where when that's around, I'm going to allow myself to have it and not worry about it. It's, it's really important for people to hear that because that is going back to the even earlier point is why going through just the medical route that you've been used to isn't helpful. It's not serving you because someone hands you a pamphlet and says to eat a low FODMAP diet and you don't even know what that means. You have to Google it and then you see that you can never eat cake or you don't know how to fit cake into your diet. Now that's only going to last what a week or the, or until the first time you see cake. It's having these conversations with clients where the, the true value comes in. Um, but Jenny, uh, it was awesome to have you on. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Real quick before we sign off, where can people find more information from you? Um, you know, what sort of resources do you have that are available to maybe someone who's not working with you? Yeah, so the best resource um, where you can find all my information is right on my website. It's just my name, Jenny Dore, J-E-N-N-I-E, D-O-R-E.com. So you can... Um, apply for coaching there one-on-one. I have an application. So I really want to make sure that it's a 
good fit all around that I can support you that, you know, we're both on the same page. So I do have the application process. We can set up a free call together, talk through things. Again, I want to make sure that it feels like a good fit moving forward together. And then I also have an eight week experience that people can, that people can work with me lower investment option, still really concentrated experience of what I'm doing my one-on-one -on -one clients. And you can also add on coaching with that. And then I'm on Instagram. I do a lot on, on there, Jenny door underscore RD. I also have a free Facebook group, nutrition social with Jenny. And those are probably the main, the best places to connect with me. Awesome. Well, I, I really encourage you guys to check out Jenny's stuff. She's super smart. And uh, if you vibe with the things that I say, you'll definitely vibe with the things that she says. And whether you work with her or you work with me, it's sometimes just hearing the information from a different source just really yes. helps validate it. Um, but honestly, I really enjoyed this conversation a lot and uh, I'm glad you came on. Yes, thank you so much, Adam. I love hearing like-minded voices and I don't think that we can share this enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Thank you.